Hey everyone, Nick Mataragas here with a special announcement. Starting on February 17th, we will be presenting a short series titled Vote Local, The Art in Local Politics. Side Street Studio Arts founder and executive director Aaron Rayberg will interview the 2021 Elgin City Council candidates about their involvement in and support of the arts. Episodes will be released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday until we get through all the interviews. That's Vote Local, starting February 17th. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Connected. My name is Tanner Melvin. I am the executive director and co-founder of Side Street Studio Arts. Today, I am with my cat, Ferris. He is having so much fun pressing all the keys, rubbing on the microphone, and just being an awesome cat. That being said, today, my special, very special guest is Stacy Koloski, the co-founder and artist services at Port Fringe in Portland, Maine. They are an amazing group of people. It's amazing Fringe Festival, but we'll get into that later. She is also the creator of Stages Youth Theater. Um, that is, again, based in Portland, Maine. You can find out more information uh, at facebook.com slash play at stages and stagesyouththeater.org. You can also find out all the information about Port Fringe at portfringe.com. Again, we'll get into that in a few minutes. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this awesome interview with one of my favorite people, Stacy Koloski. Can you still hear me, Stacy? I can, and I can see a cat too. Yes, I was wondering <laughs> if he turned anything off. So this is Ferris, for those of you that can't see. Um, this is uh, uh, on the podcast out there. Ferris is kind of in the picture. He comes in and hangs out sometimes, especially when he when I'm talking. He likes to listen to me talk sometimes. But uh, yeah, so um, luckily our our dog Zeke is around here somewhere. Hopefully he won't start barking. But anyway, um, but thank you, Stacy, for coming on with uh, Connected. Connected is a uh, a podcast that I started uh, a number of years ago. Just talking with local artists and musicians and performers about what's going on in, in, uh, in Elgin specifically. And then with the, this pandemic year, uh, we thought it might be a good idea to revisit it, you know, and bring it back. And um, so I immediately started uh, a list and we all did, we're trying to do one a week. Um, and uh, mine are basically fringe individuals and people and producers, you know? So I don't, I, I just, uh, I'm not really sure that I did that on purpose because I'm pretty sure I didn't, but, uh, you are, <laughs> <laughs> you are in Port Fringe, uh, you know, at the top of my list of people to, um, you from Port Fringe, but, uh, people to talk to about the arts. Um, and especially being, uh, you know, we are so, uh, distant from one another, you know, I thought it would be interesting for everyone to just kind of hear your thoughts and input on the past year, what you guys are doing, out there for fringe and at uh at the theater and at stages and um yeah so if you want to uh, introduce yourself a little bit and a little more than i already did that'd be great um and if uh, and then we can talk a little bit uh talk some shop how about that that sounds great that sounds great and thank you uh stacy koloski and uh living here in portland maine I will say it's the greatest city in America, but you know, I'm sure Elgin is awesome too, Tanner. <laughs> it's, it's way better than Portland, Maine. Come on. Uh, it's the best but, you know, one of the funny, 
one of the funny things though is i think you know it's it's so it's such an honor for you to say that you prize hi- portland so highly and portland so highly because we feel the same way about elgin there just feels like a wow. a connection um and similarity between sort of culture of our cities and and uh, right. and art making in our cities so that's always felt really familiar and fun um but yeah here portland is great um I've, i often describe working in maine as a little bit like the wild wild west in terms of being able to reinvent yourself <laughs> Um, so to come here, I came here not as a theater person at all and um, was able to sort of leave my corporate job about 15 years ago and open Stages Youth Theater, uh, which is a year-round performing arts academy for kids, and to have that still going and then to sort of just fall into this like-minded group of people in 2011 who were interested in starting a French festival. So um it just it's still the kind of place where you can do stuff like that, which is great. And I think that's probably the birth story of a lot of fringe festivals anyway, just a like-minded group of people wanting to right. do something. Um, but I, I think what I've, uh, what I've come to appreciate the most about Portland and the people in fringe, especially, um, is just the, the idea that art is something bigger than I think what I thought it was, um, you know, going to school and practicing early career stuff. So I think, uh, it's a great place to be, and I feel very proud of the work that we do at Fringe and at Stages of Theater and really in the Portland theater community in general. Uh, I think people are really creating innovative work and um, using it for other ends, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that we found really interesting about uh, Portland was the, the similarities. It was kind of like an alternate universe. And uh, aside from all the beautiful history and I mean, in the old ass history, God, some, I could not believe some of that. <laughs> You're like 100 years old. Yeah. Two, three. It's like, oh, Jesus. It, it was just <laughs> so crazy. But uh, but, you know, there's so much art in, 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 uh, in performance there. And just or actually just hearing stories from you, you know, about what you've done there and, and then being able to see a snippet with Fringe, uh, with the conference, and, and just being around. Um, it, it really made us think about what we could do here in Elgin, you know. Port Fringe will be 10 this year, right? Yeah, our 10th birthday year, such as it is. <laughs> yeah. You guys, so what, what all do you have planned this year? Because I, I know we've been so far out of the loop, like with, you know, with USAF and, and CAF and all of our committees, I think it just took us by storm, this pandemic. And so I know that I, I personally have lost track with a lot of people um, and, you know, we're going to have to build that back up. But what, so what does uh, Port Fringe have planned for 2021? Yeah, so as I'm, I'm sure, you know, and most other festivals um, did as well in 2020, we did cancel our festival, but we deferred our local artists to this year. Um, okay. so they are, they've all sort of been holding onto a guaranteed spot in whatever we decide to do. And, and to be completely honest, we haven't given them all the details yet, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you because it will all be Ooh. out soon anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, exclusive, everyone. It's an exclusive breaking news, Port Fringe news. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we prize about our own festival and have since the beginning is our celebration of short format work. And so we decided to kind of lean into that this year um, and combine it with a digital element. So it, it is going to be a completely digital festival, but it's going to be pre-recorded short. So in our regular festival, you can apply with a show that's five minutes long and we will combine it with other short shows to make a multi-feature event. So somebody that's coming awesome. to the Fringe Festival in person can go see a triple feature, a double feature, and then the artists on that event just share the, the profit equally. 
And so we're going to do that again, but with um, digital. And, and we've all sort of felt like after this year that anything, any show you're watching that's more than like 15 minutes starts to feel long right. or, or can start to feel long um, in the virtual realm. So we're going to limit that time to no more than 15. And so we hope to get three three shows on one event and then limit it to just seven events. So maybe 21 shows in total for 2021. And then we will stream that as, as in as many live ways that we are able to in our community. So the live component, if we're able to have one, will be, you know, will we be at a drive-in? Will we be in a park? Will we be in a theater streaming? And then if we can't do that, then we will do some live stuff like we're doing now, right? So like maybe a Zoom live event and then just stream it for anybody that wants to watch it with maybe some of our artist workshops and other things that we can do in Zoom. Um, but really focusing on the festival aspect being more of community and the art piece being, you know, obviously uh, the, the, the focal point, but it will be digital. That's great. That's really innovative. Uh, I mean, and it's, you know, this is all forces to, it's the word of the year, I think is pivot. And, you know, for us and for, for most of the fringes and performing arts, I guess, and artists and musicians and the world, but it really is, um, it's really made us all look at what we're all doing, look at what's needed, you know, look at the, again, the word extraneous, look, you know, looking uh, at, at the fat that we can cut off and what's really needed. And this virtual component has, well, I think, I think we all knew, you know, at the moment one that we need to switch to the internet, right? Really use, utilize it and uh, as you, the utility that it is. And it's great to hear that people are finally getting it and trying, you know, because I mean, technology itself, you know, it's like, okay, we have these things, we have these tools. Is it possible for our festival individually, right? to be able to create something and is because a lot of places aren't doing that. A lot of groups aren't doing that. They don't feel that it, and I'm, I'm speaking in a way that from what I've read and then what I've seen is that they feel that it, it may not uh, depict their, you know, their, their organization uh, in the best way, which I get, but also you have to stay relevant in my opinion, you know, and I show hearing that you guys are doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. Like we're, I think Aaron just signed us up for Asheville fringe. I think we're, 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 cause uh, Jim, Julie, I think he's got a show and I think we are, um, we she got tickets to that and which I'm excited for, you know, so it's, you know, because I, my head's been kind of in the sand and Aaron's a lot better about that, about seeing everything that's going on. Um, so it's great to hear that there are other festivals happening and, and not, you know, again, there've been festivals since probably April, you know, and or March in some areas, but that are a little more, they have a little more budget behind them, you know, and, and a little more resource, um, Orlando fringe, for instance, like what they're doing. I mean, I mean, of course they're in Florida and it's nice all the time in Florida, so they can go to he double hockey sticks sometimes no but it, what, what, they're, what they're doing is just so great and they're they know that they in their community they need to continue that and to create a sustainable event whatever that event is um because fringe needs to stay needs to be sustainable down there because it's such a large draw and um so it's great to hear that's um that's really awesome i when is your fringe festival when is port fringe It'll be around the same time of year we're usually in. It'll start um, 
like that second week of June and end by Father's Day, usually by that, that third or okay. weekend. Yeah. That's and a- I think something that you just said that spoke to me was the idea of this budget aspect to, you know, and like the fringes that have the big budgets. And I think when I think about that too, um, because I know your festival like ours is, is, you know, still a bootstrappy, I think a little bit and scrappy and, and small and fun. And, <laughs> and we love that. Um, we're still all volunteer, but I think that when something like this happens and I guess it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because it both makes you more nimble because you don't have as much uh, you know, we don't own any real estate. We're not paying anybody a year-round salary. So we're able to, to you know, pivot a little quicker um, and to think about other things. But on the other side of that coin, we don't have the budget to, like, for example, open a film studio and and provide equipment to our artists and so forth. So right. I think, you know, for right. us, the, the decision really was pretty easy. Um, and, and, you know, and it's really about how, how we try to balance that with accessibility as well. And, like, you know, how can we get people... Um, to make that movie version of their friend show and, and are we are we excluding anybody and stuff like that so i think you know that's where a larger budget would come in handy but yeah. um but being able to do anything this year uh, just to celebrate our 10th birthday was um was important and, and and we're hoping this this goes as well as it can yeah and then just the like you know florida and all these other festivals it's like it, <laughs> and this has nothing to do with any of the festivals but it's like we live in 50 different countries right now right they're not states yeah. and i think nothing has showed that more than this pandemic and so the fact that florida is able to have a festival like that the one that they're able to have is amazing right well we were not even allowed to do that i mean we couldn't do yeah. what we wanted to right now so it's an interesting time it's a very interesting time to be making um fringe festival possible right now so right. anybody doing anything gets my three cheers I think that's a really positive um, attitude, you know, and, and point to make that there are so many different possibilities in states and local governments and, 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 and meaning like what is possible, what isn't possible and the directives that we have to follow or are supposed to follow, you know, and it's that stuff that I know that we, <clears throat> excuse me, I know that we all need to talk about a little bit more because we all know our Space. But if we can see how someone else with less or more availability to performance area or, or budget or, you know, especially, especially at this time, I think we can all learn from that. And I think that's what also what I know that's what we also really lost last year with the conference being canceled, the, um, with USAP. And because we always get that opportunity to, to speak with other people and to see them and, but hearing that, you know, that, that line of communication and making sure that it's open because it, all of this felt, you know, it originally it, it was like, oh, we got to do stuff to do stuff and to help everybody else. And then it kind of tightened up and it was like, but well, we got to watch our own butts and we need to figure out what we're going to do, A, to stay alive, right? I mean, literally, physically, and then looking at our organizations and be like, is it possible for us to do, to pivot and to do this successfully. And if it isn't, can we do a portion of it that'll at least allow us to stay on people's radar? Because I mean, I can't imagine in larger cities like LA, New York, where, you know, Atlanta, Chicago, even that people are not trying everything, you know, I mean, because there are some nonprofits, I'm sure that there's a lot of flexibility right now, but staying relevant and staying in, and also being able to fulfill your commitments as a nonprofit how do you do that in a time of pandemic when you might not be able to facilitate anything? And, you know, some of these fringes 
that like even Rochester, Rochester, that is such this, this, like one of the largest fringes, they're dealing with some of the same things that we're dealing with. Right. And, but again, keeping that line of communication open is something that I don't know if it's even open right now. I mean, this is open, you know, but as a group, and that's something I've, I know I've personally been kind of dwelling on, not really struggling with, because there's more other, you know, there's, there's other things to, to dr- struggle uh, uh, with and about, but, you know, how we're trying to engage with the public and this digital format format, I, I'm not, I, I can't say it enough how awesome it is to hear that you guys are going to do that. Um, it's going to be something that will absolutely show others and, you know, what is possible and, and then what is not possible, right? You know, you want, you want to be able to see those events and see those festivals and say, oh, well, that's cool, but I would have done this, or I love that. Let's get, like, I'm going to keep that. And getting all of us to see those festivals, I think is important. And I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying about just about Aaron being on point with knowing which festivals are doing what, you know, and, and it's, um, and that goes, that's, that's not just, you know, that goes for, for music performances as well. And, and, you know, we have all have actor friends or producing friends and musicians and visual artists. And in this community, you're just connected with all those folks. And how is it possible to showcase their work? You know, and it's, it's, I mean, we could talk for days about it and, you know, and what we've done, but again, I I'm so excited for you guys. And I'm really excited to see what, what you're going to post. Cause I, I think that you, you also mentioned something about the, uh, the accessibility of it, creating, trying to create more accessibility and that, you know, and that comes that term, that word, what is, what does that exactly mean, especially in 2021? And ha- so I, I, I wonder, have you had any kickback from artists on the accessibility level, meaning, I, have you had any any performers or, or other artists that were like, "I'm not going to do that because I can't, and I don't have the, you know, and I don't, or I don't want to," and because, and I guess that that accessibility is the accessibility for those artists to be able to, and access meaning the the technical attribute to, to be able to check your email to edit your phone, to video, to, to record, and then to edit it and then to send it, you know? So what's, what's your, what's your take on all of that? Yeah. You know, we haven't finished sort of making our way through the list of the deferred artists yet. So um, you can put a pin in that one. I'll get back to you, but we did open okay. registration a couple of weeks ago for our 2021. Um, we do a pop-up fundraiser every year in the spring, um, which involves 12 or 14 different theater companies coming together and do each doing an individual scene in a in a play um, or a story. So we've done a bunch of Shakespeare. We did Alice's Adventures, Adventures in Wonderland last year. And these things are usually in person and it's raucous and fantastic. But we have to move online, obviously, for this year. Right, right. Um, and we're doing Dante's Inferno. And we opened up it and it's very much like what's going to happen for the festival, right? I mean, people are going to have to record their own work. They're going to have to figure out how to how to be safely within COVID sort of parameters to produce and present their work and rehearse their work. Um, and then we will take everything and compile it into one film. And so when we opened that registration, we thought, you know, if we could get, if we even get 12 applicants for these 12 spots, then we'll be thrilled, right? If we can get 10 applicants for these 12 spots, we'll be thrilled. 
And we had enough that we could have cast it three times. And Whoa. that made me feel a little better about it. Now, I mean, there's different parameters, right? It's free to apply and participate and pop up because it's a fundraiser for us. Um, but it's the same kind of work, right? And I think to me, in terms of accessibility for the existing pool of deferred artists for Port Fringe 2021, I think that the first, the first barricade will be this is, I'm not gonna be able to do the show that I wanted to do in 15 minutes. So is somebody right. gonna say, I wanna seize the day and, and, and really use this chance to be innovative and do something that's in the moment and, and participate in this 10th birthday fringe event? Or do I want my money back, which is fine? Or do I wanna defer again, which is fine? You know, I think there's lots of options, but I think to me, that's the first barrier. And then beyond that, it's the things that we're always thinking about. Are we financially accessible? Can people, are people able to participate financially? Um, are, is, are we tech accessible? You know, do people have the resources and the phones and the cameras and the microphones to do what they need right. to do? Have no idea, right? But on the other hand, a digital festival prevent, provides a certain amount of accessibility in terms of accessing the festival that we wouldn't have in person, right? So if geography or money or, or the inaccessibility of some of our venues, which obviously is something we need to address as well, um, is keeping you from coming, you will be able to watch this stuff and it will be sort of at a lower cost. It'll be more financially accessible. So I think you're right. Accessibility has a lot of different uh, a lot of different meanings, um, and we really all need to be thinking about all of them, frankly. But um, but it's it's there's a lot of fires right now. <laughs> there's a yeah, lot of fires sure. to put out. So um, it is uh, it's hard to it's hard. Everything that was hard before and accessibility was hard, and it shouldn't be, but it was is harder now. So yeah, yeah. It's it's always um, for for the people that might that aren't as uh, savvy on the fringe festivals and uh, performance performing arts uh but in particular but we go to these conferences typically every year uh for USAF the United States United States Association of Fringe Festivals or CAF Canadian Association of Fringe Festivals and the number one thing I think we all talk about or is brought that is brought up ticketing and accessibility and um a lot of places uh, uh geographically have more or there are places that geographically have a more difficult time with ex physical accessibility, of course, than others, uh, say towns with, and, and that's just because maybe the budgeting hasn't gotten there, the money hasn't gotten there, or it's, or grand old, old buildings have been grandfathered in. And, and, you know, the ADA, there are a lot of, uh, uh, moves in order to, to, to retrofit these buildings. And, but some of them still aren't. And with all, a lot of these old venues, some of these might be owned by people that aren't going to do that. And what all of this has shown is to me, is like you mentioned at the very beginning, you mentioned being able to do it uh, in a, uh, like to project it or do it in a, uh, a drive-in. That's when that's when, when people first start talking about that and I was like, aha, see you bastards, you wanted, to, <laughs> you wanted to tear down all these drive-ins and now, now is the time when we really needed them, you know? And it's one of those things that's like, uh, you know, hindsight and whatever, but it's to be able to have, a, uh, a, you know, accessibility to um, a drive-in like that, like that's, that's magic. You know, there, I mean, that's in, in each of these towns where we have these fringe festivals, we all have our own little things like that. You know, there's, there's little, uh, uh, perks and, and there's little things that really make each festival so different. And 
and accessible, right? But this virtual stuff and, you know, making everything online and bring, being able to bring that content is so important. And I wish that we all had the staffing and the budget to be able to go out and help people record, you know, and that's something that I, I, we talked about very early on for our Fringe Festival um, uh, last year. Um, we are like, do we go to, like, can we send people a packet with, you know, with an iPhone, a stand, a, a mic, and then us edit it ourselves. And, you know, so all that was actually on the table at some point in time, um, you know, but like, and then also like what you said, you know, budget of having a, you know, developing a, a TV studio and having people come in and record and, you know, and, and for ours, we actually had three separate artists come in and we, uh, we recorded them and I edited stuff down and, and made their event. And that was part of their production fee, you know, but, but again, not everyone has that. Not everyone has that funding and not everyone has that time for, you know, to be able to come in and do that. And so all of these are hurdles. And, but I, I tell you what, I feel like, I mean, and maybe you could talk a little more on this. Like, so do you think you guys will keep, um, do you think that Port Fringe will keep the digital element to this extent moving forward? Or how would that change with a, when, when everything kind of comes back into focus? I mean, that's a great, that's a great question, Tanner. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's just, it's so funny because I, you know, we, um, we still do meet every week for the Canadian Association of Fringe Festivals. And, and those, those weekly meetings have been incredible, actually. It's just it's part support group, part inspiration and ideas. And, and sometimes it's just, yeah, just like wallowing um, in, in how everybody's feeling. But what I will say is like, I think, you know, there've been a lot of really interesting questions about digital content over the last 12 months because um, at what point does your fringe festival become a film festival right and mm -hmm. and is that okay does it matter and I think like right. there's so many there's so many philosophical underpinnings to that that idea that that statement you know of, of is it still fringe if it's all on film well if it's all you can do then then I think there wouldn't be anybody that would say, no, you can't do that. That's not a fringe festival. But when it becomes a right. film festival, have we lost something? And I don't actually have an answer for that, Tanner. I think it is, um, there are plenty of fringe festivals that have film components. Um, on the other hand, there's also, you know, our festival doesn't have a film component, but there's plenty of people that come in and do slides and, and, and yeah. movies projected in the background. And so at some point, um, you know, that live component is, is precious, but it is also is that what defines fringe? I don't know. It, it, is, is something live more fringy just because it's live? Or, you know, I don't know. It's a great question. So I, I think this will just be a great experiment for us more than anything else and a way to connect people and a way to stay um, connected to our community. And, and I think, you know, that's the other thing that I would kind of toss out there just as an interesting point for us. And I think festivals everywhere is that as it's become I think, you know, let me just take a step back. Like I think Port Fringe for years has tried to make our festival as accommodating as possible to non-local performers, to touring people who just want to spend some time in Portland. You know, we're, you're not going to make $10,000 at Port Fringe, but you're going to have a great time and you're not going to have to spend a lot of money while you're here because we're going to take care of you and you're going to meet some great people and we have an awesome community and that's, that's why you come and do Port Fringe, right? right? And we've spent a lot of time, money and effort to build that but now it means nothing because we can't have any non-local people at the festival. And that's made all of us kind of think about our own community differently. Our own community, community obviously is at least 50, 60, 70% of 
of the artist pool every year. It's also almost entirely all of the volunteers that run it. But, but there's something to be said in this particular moment about taking care of your own as well. And, right. and weirdly, that this, this group of people that the national touring artist or the international touring artist is the one that's getting the most, I think that's the, the biggest impact it, to my mind is, is the touring artist because many people tour because they don't have a home festival, right? And so there is nothing in their community to, to, to kind of kind of wrap themselves in. And so I, I feel very fortunate that we have a community, that we have a festival, that we have people that want to be involved. And, um, and very, very early on in the pandemic, I sat in an, on a web, webinar and I'm a big fan of giving people credit when, when it's due. His name is Matt Lehrman. He's with a company called Social Prosperity Partners. But his biggest piece of advice about how to um, how to do anything, raise money, make your way through the pandemic, whatever, is to find the way that your organization can contribute to the recovery of your community when this, as this is going on and when it's over. And that, to me, was what I needed to hear in that moment, right? Was it's like, it's not about, oh my gosh, how are we going to get enough money to stay open? Or how are we going to get people interested in, in doing the festival if we have to all wear masks? It really became, wow, you know, this is, this is our moment to take care of our own people, right? That's what we yeah. can do right now. And so what can Port Fringe do? What can Stages Youth Theater do? What can Elgin Fringe Festival do, right? To to really, I mean, it really is to some extent rewriting the mission statement, right? And- um, Absolutely. You know, when this is over, yeah, I hope we can still have people come from all over the world to make theater or any kind of weird art in Portland. Um, <laughs> But the digital stuff to me doesn't, it, it, it's not mutually exclusive. You know, I feel like that that, that is a, um, that can be part of fringe. I don't know. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard one. It's a hard nut to crack. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I, you know, it's, it's, you said, you said it best, you know, I, I, it's about what we can do to help our community and to kind of bolster, right? We want to make this stronger and by doing that we have to do that in any way shape or form and if that's uh, virtual and then you know creating this hybrid event you know eventually uh, you know it whatever is going to be best because ultimately that's why we do all of this is because we want to do something that is of course creative and amazing and, and fun and all that but what's what are we doing this for it's for our community and it's and what and and our community as fringe producers is global now right but then it like during this pandemic it just shrinks it all the way down and it's um it is a tough nut to crack oh <laughs> 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 uh, i just i gotta i think i want that on a t-shirt or something um but uh <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's it's all been real strange. And uh, it's really great to see that you guys are still, I think, keep saying guys, that you all are, uh, are really still going after it. And um, I, I wanted to, uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I've taken up a lot of your time already. Uh, I could go on and on and on. But uh, I wanted to make <laughs> this uh, and I'm, I'm sure what it will do, let's just call this part one. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll schedule, maybe schedule another time when we can chat some more. Um, but uh, I know you, you mentioned your fundraiser coming up, um, the Pop-Up Inferno. Um, can you uh, let everyone know a little more information about that and where they can find it? Yeah, sure. So our, and we've just started, we just um, announced the artist lineup this week. 
and we do have we have 12 um, mostly local there's a couple of folks who are a little further flung um, artists that are going to be each doing one twelfth of the inferno um, and they will record their scenes they will be under four minutes we will compile them into uh, an event of less than one hour and that will start streaming on Easter weekend appropriately um, and uh, and we'll make sure that we get you the information. But the, the live event will be sometime on Saturday, April 3rd, and then it will stream on demand for two weeks after that, whenever people would like to watch it. So we'll kind of launch it with a live online event and, uh, and, and test that out because that might be something we need to employ for the regular festival. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, and see how it goes. So so that's uh, that's what's coming. It's Pop-Up Inferno. It's super fun. I expect it's going to be um, beautiful because I think, you know, that's the other thing is um, our Alice's Adventures, Adventures in Wonderland last year had to switch to this format, but it was like halfway through. And so some people didn't want to do it and some people didn't know how to do it. And we kind of cobbled it together and it didn't get released until October. Um, and it was beautiful and it was fun. It was quirky, but people know now, you know, they, they signed up eyes open to make a little mini movie. Right. And so I think, yeah. I think it's going to be lovely and, um, and it's short. And so I think people, you know, if you don't like what you're seeing, it will be over in four minutes and the next one will start. <laughs> so we'll That's keep you posted. That's great. <laughs> but isn't it. that the great thing about Fringe? Or let me let me just say, as, a, as somebody who's biased, about an uncurated Fringe Festival, isn't that the good part, right? Because you can, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, right. So you're, you're going in and, and it's exciting either way, I think, you know, you're going to be moved by something. You're going to, you're going to have some reaction to it. And it's, uh, and it's great. That's the mantra, you know, be brave. And I, exactly. I, I think, you know, it goes for artists as well as uh, audience members, you know, yeah. and and producers, of course, you know, like you said, flipping the script and, and really pivoting and trying to new things. And um, well, that's great. That's that's all available at portfringe.com, right? Um, I just, I checked on the, uh, on your website and it's the first image I see, it's Pop-Up Inferno. So I, I clicked on that. It's really cool. It's going to be, I want to make sure to check that out. Um, all right. Well, Stacy, uh, again, thank you so much for everything. I am, uh, we miss you and everyone else. And um, please pass on our love and our uh, virtual hugs to everyone out there. And uh, we try, like I said, we try to keep up with everything and everyone, but it's, it's difficult. Um, but we can, I think we can all, try I can try harder I'm not gonna say anything about anyone else I can try harder. <laughs> um well it's awesome yeah thank you so much um of course and and we uh we're grateful to you all too and 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 we we see what you're doing out there in Elgin and your community is amazing and I hope that you will host the conference someday because we all want to come see what y'all are doing in person we think you're great well thanks we we hopefully will do that again that was uh that was that was crushing you know not being able to see everyone and to showcase elgin the way that we really wanted to um but you know there's again in the grand scheme big deal <laughs> so uh, well thanks very much um so once again this is uh, stacy klosky with port fringe and take theater of Portland, Maine. Yeah, I really do appreciate you coming on and saying hello. Oh, hello to you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Absolutely. We will talk to you very soon, hopefully. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Stacy Koloski of Port Fringe. Uh, she's always a delight to talk to. 
and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do it again soon. So thanks everyone. And remember, stay connected. Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Melvin. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.